Hello, welcome back to Campwire. My name is Sam Hurt. I'm on the communications team at ACA. I host our podcast, Campwire, about all things camp. Uh, last month in February, I was at national, our national conference in Nashville, Tennessee. And if you listened to, the, to that episode, it was uh, it was pretty fun. I got to walk around. Uh, you kind of get to listen to me in an, a day in the life at conference as I kind of popped into different sessions, the keynote speaker. Uh, talk to people along the way in the hallways and stuff. It was a it was a fun episode to make. Um, it kind of gives you a good glimpse of either what you experienced at, at uh, conference or what you could experience if you have never been and are going to go next year or the, or the year after or whatever. Next year's is in San Diego. Uh, we'll be having more information on our website and social media in the coming months about that. Um, but this month... I talked to a past guest and a frequently mentioned person on this podcast, and her name is Lori Brown. She's a director of research at ACA. Uh, she's awesome, and we've been doing a lot of great things with research, uh, particularly our very large-scale um, national impact, our five-year impact study. Um, this looks at the impact of camp um, in adulthood, um, among other things. That's kind of the 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 general outlook of it. Um, we've put out some really cool videos that we're going to talk about in, when I talk to her, um, and it's all over our website and social media. So if you haven't seen it yet, check it out. Um, there'll be some links with this show that go to that research, and Lori and I are about to get into it some more. So enjoy the episode. My name is Lori Brown. Um, I'm the director of research for the American Camp Association. Um, that's a very interesting role because I don't actually do a whole lot of research. So my job <laughs> is to facilitate research, to support the research community, which often includes graduate students and faculty from around the country. Um, I'm currently supporting a large scale national study called the Impact Study that I imagine we'll talk quite a bit about. Um, but I also facilitate a lot of industry research uh, that we make available for, for benchmarking and, and to really demonstrate the size and breadth of our industry to the media. So awesome. I feel like I do a lot, but yeah. that's a summary. So I, I imagine that a lot of people listening probably do know of you at this point. Um, just in this, well, I don't know about that. But. Well, I mean, a lot of, you know, through maybe hearing you, seeing your name written on things at national conference or whatever. Yeah. Um, but what they, what they may not know is anything about you beyond director of research. So what were you doing before? And when I met you, you were on care. But do you want right. to talk about maybe even before that and what led to all to you now being director of research? Sure. Well, I like to tell people what, what I'm most proud of is that I was a camp director. <laughs> I, was a, uh, I ran a day camp here in Salt Lake City. I only did it for four years because it was the hardest job I've ever had. Um, so I have a profound respect for all of our camp professionals and a very keen awareness of um, the demands of the job. And those demands don't often lead time for a whole lot of research. <laughs> 
So I get it. Um, I, I grew up at camp. I met my husband at camp. I worked at camp. I'm, I'm a camp kid through and through. Um, I did spend time at a university, so I, I wore the faculty hat for a little while. Um, so I, I feel very comfortable with academics. Um, and then during that, that whole time, so almost 10 years before coming into this role, role I was a volunteer for ACA, pr primarily related to research and a member of CARE, which stands for the Committee for the Advancement of Research and Evaluation. So as much as this role is um, big and exciting and I'm learning every day, I was well prepared coming into it. Awesome. Great. So, so you mentioned the impact study before, and I'm sure that if, <clears throat> if people aren't aware of the impact study, they've, uh, unless they are just, this is their first time, this, unless this episode is their introduction to ACA, they've probably seen or heard it about it somewhere. Um, we've released a series of videos the last couple months uh, that, that really kind of explain what's going on with the impact study. Um, you're everywhere talking about it and presenting on it. And so are, um, so is the University of Utah team, which you can talk a little bit more about too. But to start, where are we right now? We are uh, about exactly halfway. <laughs> it was a five-year initiative broken into three phases. And we've, we've completed phases one and two, which were largely exploratory in nature and used to prepare us for phase three. And we launched phase three about this time last year. Uh, so we have about two and a half years remaining, um, but we've, we've done a lot already. You know, within the larger umbrella of the impact study are numerous um, research questions. And then with each of those questions is, is almost a sub project. So there's, there's a lot going on within the, the two and a half years that we've already completed and the two and a half years remaining. Great. Um, and just uh, to clear, so blah, 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 let me see what I was going to say. Um, Willie, do you want to actually introduce kind of a little bit more about uh, maybe Jim and, and then your, your little research crew? Yeah, you bet, you bet. <laughs> I, I like to call them Lori's posse, but. They are my posse. They're, <laughs> they're actually my, my friends, my neighbors. Um, but most importantly, they are a, a research institution, a top tier research institution that was selected through an RFP process um, by a volunteer committee. Um, set up by the AC National Board. And, and that's What's an RFP process? Yeah, RFP stands for Request for Proposals. Okay. So one thing that's at the heart of the ACA research tradition is this acknowledgement that we can't do our own research. We can, <laughs> but we are way too excited about camp to do our own research. And so for our research to be legitimate and robust and reliable, we need to engage uh, a third-party institution. So we had a volunteer committee write up uh, what's called a request for proposals that outlined what they want to know and some parameters for the study, and then just kind of launched that out into the research world. And um, I think we received about five or six proposals. And that committee reviewed the proposals. Um, it was actually very, very competitive. It's hard to choose. All the proposals were very interesting. Um, but ultimately selected the proposal from um, the University of Utah under the direction of Dr. Jim Sibthorpe. And um, that's exciting because we have a history uh, doing research with the University of Utah and Jim in particular. Um, Personally, I live in Salt Lake City, literally a mile away. So I'm, uh, I'm up, up on campus every, every week, often meeting with graduate students and the team. I feel like I have a very firsthand um, bird's eye view <laughs> of the study, mm -hmm. which is really helpful as I share 
about the study um, around the country because I, you know, I'm not doing the research, but I understand every nook and cranny of it. And that's because I have this physical proximity. So um, it's really exciting to have the, the research so close to home for me personally, but also uh, have this project really build on years of collaboration with the University of Utah already. So we were truly able to hit the ground running with this project. Jim is not new to us. We're not new to Jim. Um, so this really just builds on, I would say, almost a decade of collaboration. And on that note, I will also say that, that that decade of collaborative work between ACA and the University of Utah was acknowledged by the Spencer Foundation about two years ago. And we are currently rounding out funding we received from that foundation that is literally to honor the collaborative work between ACA and the University of Utah. They said, hey, you've been working together for a long time. Um, you're, you're doing a lot to translate research into practice. We want to give you this money to do a project that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do with, without this kind of funding. So a portion of that funding, it, or sorry, that funding is, is, is funding a portion of the impact study that I'll talk about later. But, you know, it's important to acknowledge that, you know, we have these collaborative relationships um, mm -hmm. that our entire research agenda is founded on. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the shifting gears a little bit, um, if, if I'm a camp professional and I'm hearing about this, I, why does this matter? And not just for me, but um, why does this matter for camp that we're doing? Well, all the breadth of research that we're doing um, in general, but particularly the impact study. Sure. And I, I think there are two levels at which we need to look at that. The first is the 40,000 foot level. And that, you know, the, the reason that matters, particularly at that level, is that we are doing research, <laughs> that we have a history of research and a culture of research and evaluation, both at ACA and in, in our camp community. Uh, you know, camp in, in so many ways can be sort of written off as a, either an isolated experience or just fun and games. But I want all of our members to know that we have, we have decades of research um, documenting the, the outcomes of the camp experience, uh, what happens at camp to produce those outcomes. Um, this, this truly goes back generations. So we are a very evidence-based field and should be proud of that and share that with whoever we can. So that's sort of that, that high level. Now, the impact study itself matters because it's the first of its kind to really demonstrate what I'm calling the stain power of camp. Um, most of the research that I've, I've referenced already, you know, the research going back decades, documents the outcomes of a camp. And those outcomes can be described as social emotional learning related outcomes, things like friendship skills and independence, responsibility and sense of exploration. And I can go on and on. So we're pretty confident that camp does great things for kids. What we don't know until now is if and how those outcomes last over time. So one of the imperatives that we're hearing from um, other youth program providers, from parents, from policymakers is that camp, like all youth development spaces, needs to be seen as part of a larger context. We cannot be this sort of one-off, out in the woods, out there kind of place and experience. Camp as an industry and camp as a place needs to be viewed as a, a much larger developmental process that all kids um, engage in. So this is the first of its time to really kind of identify where is camp in what we call the learning landscape? How does camp support academic learning? How does camp support overall social emotional development? 
And ultimately, how does camp um, prepare youth for college, career, and, and life as adults? So that's what we're doing. And there's truly nothing like that that exists to date. Right. And I know I've talked on the, on this podcast before with people about, and I'm probably with you, um, about the values of camp is so in, um, kind of intrinsically duh to people mm-hmm. that are a part of the camp community. Yeah. Like, well, I don't, like, of course it's valuable, but there's some, what are, what I think this impact study, and especially if, if listeners are to go watch the videos, what I think it really is showing is that they got these life skills Absolutely. from being at camp. And I would take that just a step further and say sure. it's, that it's not just value. You know, you can look at value as, you know, something nice to have, <laughs> you know, right. a, a fancy dinner would have value because it's, it's memorable and satisfying and, and all these things. But um, I think what we're finding is that camp is critical to youth development. And, and really the hope is that by demonstrating how camp is critical in the overall learning landscape, um, so meaning that, that things that kids learn at camp are kind of deepened at camp. I mean, things that they're learning at school are deepened at camp. They, they learn things at camp that they're not learning at school, that what they learn at camp helps them thrive in school. These connections across spaces are so critical and really put camp, you know, it, within the learning landscape. And so the, the true hope is that this will hope, uh, this will open doors um, for every single kid to have a camp experience. You know, what we don't want is for people to say, well, camp is nice and camp is only for certain types of kids. No, camp is for everybody. And now we have evidence to show why every single kid needs a camp experience. Awesome. Absolutely. So we kind of answered it a little bit as far as the why and why does this really matter um, in general, but also for camp professionals and camp directors. And I'm wondering what, what is, on a, not just why, but what, what does this mean for camp professionals going forward? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think there are already some very, very practical applications in terms of what this means for camp professionals. I mean, first of all, there's the findings, you know, what, what we're finding are things that, you know, should be used to market camp. They should be used to sell the value of the camp experience to, to parents, to partners, funders, and so forth. Um, but what we're over and above that in terms of you know, kind of sheer practicality, kind of two things. One is we're, we're uncovering what happens at camp to produce lasting outcomes. So, so specific camp practices. Um, and for example, we know, and this is, this is emerging still, so I wouldn't say that we have this completely defined, but we do know, for example, that staff are the overwhelmingly most critical component of the camp experience in terms of long-term impact. Staff are what mm-hmm. make those lasting outcomes stick. Um, and that's, that's really exciting. So what this wow. will do once we were able to drill down and know what exactly about staff, what staff behaviors, what kind of staff interactions, and then more about program and activities and all these other features, that will give our camp professionals a, a very clear roadmap mm-hmm. and say, here are the critical components you need to be investing in to make sure that your campers are getting these lasting outcomes. Wow. Um, so that's, that's one you know, really practical application that we're already getting some emerging data on, but there'll be a lot more to come. The the other is, is this notion of the learning landscape. And, you know, I think this is really a really exciting thing for camps to really say that we are part of this landscape. We're not a one-off experience, but what that does is 
give us the imperative to align our work with, with school and other out of school time activities like sports and church and so forth. We need parents to be able to say how camp fits as a part of this larger process. It's not a one-time thing that you send your kid to and that's nice and move on. It needs to be something that your kid does regularly. It needs to be something that you help them make linkages between camp and Mm -hmm. non-camp because we know those linkages exist. Uh, so that I think is a is a really new horizon for us in terms of operating within this larger context of school and sports and church and so forth. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really, I mean, it's uh, it drives home like this is why we do this um, in the camp world. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So so you were halfway about right through the through the five year study. Yeah, almost um, exactly, or maybe just over halfway. Okay. <laughs> Hard to nail down for sure. So in a six month outlook, or maybe we need to do a year or whatever, the, the yeah. next step, where, what's next? So we are, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, the study is broken into three phases. Uh, we've completed phases one and two. We launched phase three, which is a multi-year, what we call longitudinal phase, this time last year. So what that entailed was recruiting a sample of campers and staff. Um, and, and I need to add campers and their parents, uh, cause we're actually talking to campers. Um, last summer they were recruited as nine and 10 year olds and we'll be tracking them alongside their parents for three years. Uh, the staff cohort that was recruited into the study last year, they were all enrolled to be first year staff last year. Um, and we'll be tracking them for five years. So again, this time last year, we we're busy building up our camper and staff samples. Now we're looking at um, launching a touch point just prior to summer. So we've, we've done multiple touch points with both those groups already this year, surveys and interviews to explore things like what do you get out of camp and how are you using that in school? And um, a big one for the camper study is, what is the family decision-making process around camp and other ways that they spend their time and money in the summer? Um, Mm -hmm. With staff, we've been looking at things like, how do you choose to go to camp? Uh, What do you get out of working at camp? What are the barriers to working at camp? And what is the relation between working at camp and for, I'd say, everybody in that sample, either college or career or both? Um, So that's what we're looking at in the next six months. We'll be doing some data collection just prior to summer. And then again, with both samples just after summer, so we can look at the impact of summer and then um, sort of their, their look into the future as of the fall, you know, asking them to think about, okay, you've, you've done another year at camp. What are you thinking about as we head into fall? Now, I will say we are assuming that a fair number of the campers and staff that we recruited last year will not be going back to camp this summer or might be going to a different camp. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. We'll be tracking them on the same timeline regardless. Awesome. Yeah, that's going to be, I, my, my mind when you're saying a lot of those things goes immediately to the PR possibilities since that's my position here. Uh-huh. Um, and how many, I mean, the, the 90% of, well, I don't know if it's that high, the huge majority of um, uh, inquiries I get from reporters are how does a family choose the right camp for their child? Um, and sounds like, I mean, we already have some best practices or ideas on how that can happen. Um, here, we but absolutely do. But, and I'll, but yeah, but we're going to have some more sounds like in some, we're going to have some firsthand uh, experiential 
data, I don't know about data, but you know, ideas um, about how families are doing it. Absolutely. And already I can tell you that what we know about families um, will allow us and our camps to be far more targeted and intentional about how they communicate with families. Um, I, I don't think anything will be um, shocking to our camp professionals who are already doing so much of this work, but will allow us to say, you know, from a national perspective, there are certain, um, I'm going to say family types that, mm -hmm. that come to camp and engage with camp in unique ways. So we're able to kind of create these buckets of different family types and it, you know, types with regards to how they think about camp, how they seek camp, how they prioritize camp. We're already able to distill that into some kind of commonalities that will allow us to, to really be far more targeted in, in their communications with parents. Great. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, I think that about, that about sums us up where we are now. Um, cool. There's a lot going on. You've obviously got a lot going on tra traveling yeah. all, all conferences all over right now. Yep. Pretty much um, every single one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll give a free plug for, um, the New England, New England Camp Conference and Mid-States, which are coming up yep. um, with a couple of our affiliates. If you're, any listeners are going to that, Lori will be there. Yep, and Spring Leadership Conference. And Spring Leadership Conference in Southern uh -huh. California, if, um, mm -hmm. if you're going to that one. Uh, and maybe a plug for our videos? Yes, that's what I was getting ready to say. Right. Um, we, like I said at the beginning, we put out these videos um, the last couple months. They're around, they're on social. Um, we'll be sharing them again. They're also on our website. Um, if you go to the re main research page of our website, there's a little playlist there that has the four um, kind of topics that the videos are about. Um, they're really great and they're really shareable for social media. So if you're a camp and you want your parents or possible parents to see um, the impact that camp has, I would share these videos. That's right? a good plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, well, thanks, Lori, for doing this again. And yeah, we'll thanks, Sam. I'm sure we'll have you back sometime soon. Look forward to it. All right. Thanks again to Lori Brown, our ACA's Director of Research, for talking with me today about our all that's going on with research, but especially the impact study and uh, not just where we are. Um, it's always good to catch up where we are but on, on the project, but also why it matters. Um, I think it is just such a good way to reflect and say this is why we do what we're doing. If you're not following ACA on social media, you can at ACA Camps you know, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I don't know if you have noticed re recently, but we now have all of our Campwire episodes on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify user, you can search Campwire. All previous episodes will be there um, and now this one and in all future episodes as well. So if that's where you'd rather get them, They'll be there now. Um, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back in a month. All right, thank you.